In 2003, the World Summit on the Information Society came together under the guidance of the United Nations. Their intent was to continue to invest and elevate the importance of the internet-connected world to our society. The internet has become integral to how many people all over the world live, work, play, and communicate. For those of us who grew up over the last two decades or so, a lot of us started out with phone books and notebooks, and by the time we graduated high school, we'd pretty much stopped taking notes by hand and had smartphones that gave us internet access anywhere, anytime. Although circa the early 2000s, a lot of us were not allowed to use the internet browser on our flip phones because it cost too damn much, and we also had T9 texting. But still, the point being, for many people, the internet has become a necessary, somewhat unavoidable part of life. More than a decade after the Information Society convened, last summer the United Nations declared the internet a human right. Article 19 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights contains information about your rights to freedom of opinion and expression, to which the UN added that you can have those in real life and on the internet. Basically, these additions also covered the millions of people in just about every industry imaginable who in some way or another have come to rely on the internet to be able to do their job. While the internet is globally connective, not every nation was buying that access to the internet should be a human right. Several nations like Russia, China, Saudi Arabia, India, South America, and Indonesia opposed the amendments. Mostly what they had a problem with were the parts that said that they couldn't censor, limit, or otherwise interrupt access to the internet. Several of these nations censor their internet pretty heavily, so it's really no surprise that they were not happy with those amendments that said they couldn't. But Article 19 is not actually hard law. It's what's called soft law and it's basically more recommendations or anything else and it's voluntary and there's no enforcement so if there are countries who are still grappling with issues of net neutrality and they find aspects of it undesirable then they might end up just ignoring those parts anyway a lot of people within the united nations have argued that restriction of access to the internet should be very limited and used in only highly specific circumstances basically so that it doesn't lose its power it's kind of like the slippery slope argument censorship eventually just devolves into like a place where all freedoms have been lost or otherwise suppressed. Net neutrality is pretty specific about what it considers to be access, however. I mean, basically, if you're doing illegal shit on the internet, you're not within your right to access the internet. But like if you just want to watch YouTube videos of people making tiny food for three and a half hours because it's 2 a.m. on a Wednesday and you've lost control of your life, then that's fine. I mean, you can be as weird about it as you want as long as your activities aren't illegal and you're not like creating malware or doing something to damage the network. So there are some nations who have actually taken the UN's declaration not just seriously, but kind of to a whole nother level. And a lot of them were actually doing it even before the Information Society came together. So in 2010, Finland vowed that every person in the country would have access to one megabit per second broadband. And by 2015, they had hoped to ensure 100 megabit connections for every citizen. They were actually the first country in the world that did make internet access a legal right. Even though the document is non-binding, there were 193 United Nations members who signed it and committed to making improvements. And the conversations about net neutrality have continued. 